The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Yeah. Know, I don't know. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you're just really jazzed about Buster Posey and, and uh, Chris Shaw. I don't know. Well, I guess we could see how it goes. So let me ask you this real quick. Are you? Were you born in 1996 or something? 1997. Oh yeah. my God. You're like, t- what, 19? No, uh, 22. 22. So. I don't know math. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I feel like an old man. I am, I am 34. <laughs> You have your whole life ahead of you, dude. This is wild. Normally, I'm the young one. This is crazy. All right. So, so uh, is it Jay? It's Jai. Jai. Jai yeah. Korea. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Great. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> all right. So, welcome to today's on the farm episode. We have Jai Korea on uh, for us. The the young up and comer, the rising star and pitcher list. The 22-year-old man out in Palo Alto, California. Uh, Jai, you joined PitcherList like mid-season last year? Yeah, um, in June and um, got a part of the Going Deep team and uh, every week I try and post something. Yeah, I, I actually edited your first article. Oh, okay. The, yeah. The Edwin one, yeah. Yeah, because when you when you came through, I was like, "Wait, I don't know this guy." And then I started looking. I was like, "This is really well done." Who is this person? And and uh, and I tried Thank finding you, you but you, you you're uh, low key. You don't have any social media, really. Yeah. So I used to have a Twitter, and then I realized I'd waste so much time just like scrolling through the feed, and I ended up like, you know, I'm just gonna like get off and like see like if I'm more effective. And like everything else, just like you know, got better. <laughs> so you're very much yeah. offline. Yeah, just the Facebook. Uh, not really much into that, but either. <laughs> All right, so so <laughs> you're you're 22 and you're out in the world. What do you do? What do you what are you being when you grow up? So um, I graduated uh, last winter. Not this one, but the 18. And I've uh, been looking to be a part of, like, you know, baseball. Uh, I've um, got an internship, so that's pretty cool. 
Very cool. And yeah, so move so, out to the freezing cold in Lehigh, Pennsylvania. So are you gonna are you gonna actually continue to write, or are you gonna be? Are you? Is this it? Oh no, I'm gonna continue to write. I, it's yeah, it's really fun to just you know spend some time throughout the week and just you know think about um, you know different stance changes or pitch mixes and I it's a lot of fun to me. So there's no way I'd ever stop. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, there's not a lot of thinking when it comes into the first team that you wrote up for Pitcher List uh, during the offseason hitter analysis, and that is the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. So, so what, what was that like? Um, It was pretty brutal, but um, it's honestly so um, NBC Sports Bay Area, they released, um, you know, of the leaders of the decade for both hitters and pitchers. And um, what um, they uh, found was that only like 16 Giants position players had more homers in that that last decade than Bumgarner's 19. The leader was Posey at 140. That is is wildly depressing. Yeah, yes, for two like two-thirds of a season, right? Had the 21 home runs, that was 14th. The best decade. It's, it's. I mean, if you think about it, and everybody's going to be like, "Well, you know, they play in they play in a cavernous park," but really, that's only a portion of their games. They play portions of their games at Coors in Arizona. Like, there's there's other hitters yeah. parks out there. Yeah, Arizona before the uh, humidor, ball flew everywhere. Right. So that's a that's kind of a false narrative. Yeah. All right, so so uh, I had a few names on the list um, that I wanted to talk about. None of them are particularly exciting, so for all of you listeners, just buckle up because this is going to be one hell of a ride. Um, so I, I don't know who you want to start with. I have four names that I want to run down for the major league hitters. I got Mike, Mike Yastrzemski, Mauricio Dubon, Evan Longoria, or Buster Posey. Which one do you want to start with? We'll start with yes. Okay, so Mike, Mike Yastrzemski. What is more sad, Yastrzemski being the most interesting player on the team or the fact that he'll hit less than 20 home runs? Well, you know, I'm a Red Sox guy. So, you know, Carl Yastrzemski, like I've heard all the stories, you know, the impossible dream Sox. And so for him just to be at Fenway earlier this year and hit that home run was really cool. So I'm going to, you know, root for him to hit over 20. I'm not going to think any less of that. (laughs) But yeah, he's definitely the most uh, interesting player, I think. Um, he had like you know the twenty-one home runs, uh, co-led the team. Um, he uh, had seven point three percent barrels per plate appearance, which is actually right where Mookie Betts and Michael Conforto were at. Which so like batted ball wise, he was really good. But the one thing that kind of worries me is that on four seamers he had a 31.2 percent whiff rate which you know gallo who strikes out a ton was at 35 percent so it's really not too far off and so that was a 325 x woba against the four seamers for yaz this past season and so i'm worried that into the second season you've got the dodgers right you got bueller you got Kershaw still has a high spin rate on his fastball, despite you know the lack of velocity. Um, there's John Gray. Uh, 
you know, if he just gets bombarded with fastballs, it, I mean, he might not play a whole lot. He could end up striking a lot, striking out a lot. So, so speaking of not playing a whole lot, right? Um, he has reverse splits, and they're pretty stark. He's yeah. not very good against right-handers. Are they going to platoon him? Um, I don't think so. There's just not a lot of talent on the roster. So no. <laughs> yeah. So I. I mean. He had an 826 OPS against right-handers. It's not too bad against the 943 against lefties. So I think they're just going to let it run. I mean, what do they have to lose, really? It's, it's just a you know feel-it-out year. And I don't know, man. This is even year. They're back on their BS. You know, living in the Bay Area, just like the even year stuff, it's terrible. Like 2010 was a feel-good story. You like you rooted for them, and then after that, it was just like the fans got after you. It's it's pretty bad. I'm, I'm glad that you recognize that. So so are the are the Giants fans more or less miserable than the Dodgers fans? I haven't encountered too many Dodgers fans, but you read stuff right about like some Dodgers fans going haywire, going like bare knuckle, and like some Giants fan. I think there was a thing of a Red Sox fan. So Giants fans aren't like going to get physical. So there's that. All right. So, so Mauricio Dubon, uh, he is the only player that I've ever, like I bought a lot of baseball cards in my day, a lot. And my, I never ever pulled an autographed uh, card out of a box. When my son bought his first box of baseball cards, he pulled Mauricio Dubon's rookie card and it was signed. Um, how many semester hours can that pay for? I, it's he's just not that great. I mean, when um, when the Red Sox first traded him, uh, if it was for Thornburg way back, you know, the, he had like a near three hundred average, and I'm like, you know, Shaw. Dubon, who was, I think, pretty highly regarded back then. And, you know, a couple other prospects were really very ridiculous. And sure enough, it was a complete bust. Thank you, Dombrowski. But um, I think for this next season, uh, the GM, uh, Zaidi, said he's going to be in the Chris Taylor sort of utility role. So there'll be second base, shortstop, probably some outfield. Um, I was looking through kind of his projections. It's, um, you know, about 10 to 15 home runs, uh, 62 RBIs is what Steamer has, 14 home runs, and 14 stolen bases, uh, 266, 305, 402. That is just riveting stuff. Like, that is just a line that really gets you going. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I started to think about it, and then, you know, it kind of reminded me of, like, Gene Segura a little bit like this past season it was like 16 home runs 69 RBIs you know 13 stolen bases 288-334-433 like if you're in like a redraft league I feel like you know Segura is going to be 30 next season so the speed's probably going to wear off a little bit and also hitting in front of Harper it's just you know you're not not really going to be stealing and trying like you know and I'm getting out in front of like your 330 million dollar guy and so I, I mean, 
if you're right, if you you're in a redraft league, wouldn't you rather have like the guy with added positional um, flexibility with roughly the same stats going like later? I mean, I I don't know how like what Segura's ADP is, but we can I mean, pull that sure. up pretty quick. Yeah. That said, this this is a this is a dynasty podcast, so we're gonna have to think about it in those terms. Which again, Gene Segura I mean, yeah. being almost thirty is not necessarily great yeah. either. I mean, yeah, as for speed guys, even if you love. Like, but you're talking about a thirty point differential in average and probably OBP as well, right? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I think Dubon could actually. Imp- you know, do a little better with his average. Like he hit kind of near 300 in the minors or slightly above. I I don't think there's going to be that much of a drop off. It's like, it's sort of like that weird dink and dunk game that I, for his, for Dubon's speed, I think it'll be okay. And he'll be like two years removed from his ACL tear. So I think he should be able to steal more bases as he gets further removed. So you're you're not buying in the fact that he'll hit 266, 305, 403. You're rosier than that. Yeah, I I'm I'm thinking a, a lot closer to what Segura did last year. 280. Of, yeah, I'm 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 thinking like you know 275, 280. Just based on speed alone. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's his minor league track record it, it i th- think it could translate over just based on he has good contact over overall the swing is pretty short and yeah i, I mean the at&t outfield is pretty large so if he just like dinks a couple those are some hits yeah so it's, um, it's not yeah. but 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 galaxy brain gabe gabe kapler is he much of a manager that's going to promote stealing You know, I feel like the Giants have to generate some offense from somewhere. And so if the guys can't actually hit the ball out of the ballpark, then you should probably be stealing a lot, right? Maybe, maybe. You'd you'd hope that they get doubles, right? Because a double is probably better than a a single on a stolen base. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to think about Gabe Kapler and like the teams that he's had since he's when he was coaching Philadelphia and I don't remember a lot of like people stealing bases yeah I I mean I think for most of this analytic movement like a stolen base like it's not really that valued so I I mean I'd be shocked if many I mean I'm flipping through baseball reference over the last few years and I think that they're they're had a couple that would steal like anywhere between 10 and 20, but that was pretty much it. So yeah, I mean, and but to your, to your point though, Gene Sakura was a part of that roster. So I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean just for like this year in particular, but like, as we like go further, I think, you know, in basketball, like they've got, you know, players, with um acl tears and it takes them like a year or two to like fully get back and so from 2015 to 2017 um you know the he stole like an average roughly like 30 bases and so i mean hopefully kapler just lets him run but yeah you know as he gets further away from it i think that could be of some value so um 
you know, we, we've pointed out, we've made light of the fact that you are a young, young man in this world. Uh, do you remember when Evan Longoria used to hit 270? You know, he actually, I was looking this up. He hit uh, 294 in 2010. It's ridiculous. And like nearly 290 in 2012. Right. But it, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you were just, like, what? Like 13. <laughs> you know, that that 2008 uh, series, uh, there was the AL, ALCS. That yeah, that that's like the most heartbroken I've ever been because prices came in at the end and just dealing, and I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Yeah, yeah, and then just like broke me. But but Evan seven, Longoria is yeah. bad now. Yeah, I'm. I spent some time. Uh, I wrote something about him. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the thing was, it was like that hot streak when like all the Giants players were like really good. There was, like, a one-month period where they, like, won games. And so Longoria was, like, really hot. And then he just – he got it – he got injured, I think. And then, you know, I started riding it. And one thing I noticed through his swings was that he kind of developed this, like, really weird bat wiggle when he's um, like through these years and like he became way worse and then he kind of just cleaned it up like this past year and so like his ex-Woba was uh, 352 which was right around that 2016 mark where he, he hit like 36 home runs I think 30 odd something like that uh, let's see yeah 36 and um, you know there was a big uh, gap like this year he had a 322 Woba with his 352x Woba and so I've I mean he kind of like got back to like normal I don't think a 350x Woba is gonna like wow anyone but um I mean he's not like the worst but obviously like in the dynasty you're just gonna like you know he's what is he like thirty three? So yeah, he's an, he's he's just not. Gonna he, yeah, be he's worth old, he's an old man. Thirty three. So thirty four. He's thirty four. He's pretty much dead. He's pretty much in the coffin. So he's he's in his coffin. Like that's it. That's the yeah. end of him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's tough to be thirty four. Believe me. <laughs> so so anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to get all all dark about this, but yeah, his um his exit velocity wasn't that bad last year, so. And and like you said, his X Wob and X Lucking was above average too. I mean, he was in almost near the 80th percentile for that. But I just I don't know, man. Being in that ballpark and being at his age, I don't see him being anywhere near even like 2018, where he hit 25. Wait, he hit. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. His uh, 2017 season, season where he hit 20 and hit. 261 313 424 last year was pretty much mimicking that so i i don't really ever see him getting back to that 2016 level with the rays um over under number of home runs that he hits over the next two seasons 43 well at oracle park they have moved the fences in because of um the bullpens they finally moved them out there um, I don't know. Like, so a lot of his like fly balls and line drives are kind of straight away to the opposite field. I look, it was like seventy three percent. They have forty three is a good number. So 
I'm going to say under. Under. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, he's obviously not going to move over to first base, right? Yeah, dude. Because I don't think so. I, we think Buster Posey is going to come there. He is signed for another two years on his 12, 12 year contract, which is just crazy to think about still. Um, do you think that he will play third base for the next two years and then he'll retire? Um, yeah, I, I mean, who really wants like a 35 or what is he? He'll be like 35, 36, like an old aging third baseman who's not really like nothing in his profile allows you. Maybe if there's some sort of like the you know, Cardinals, like <laughs> that'd be pretty much it. Yeah, like the clubhouse guy, like guy, like GMs. You know, like we need someone to like you know lead the clubhouse. But do you think? Let's just stupid. say he's going to be healthy, all right, and he has two years left on his contract. Does he? But again, considering that he will be healthy, does he have over 530 plate appearances each season? For the next two years. Oh, no. I, I mean, and just for this upcoming season alone, they've got to, like, figure out, like, Zach Cozart. Maybe Dubon gets some, like, third base reps. They've got, like, a ton of infielders. Right? And Longoria's really never shown, like, that much, like, you know, health sort of. So what kind of league are you playing him in? <sighs> it's hard. I, I mean, like, you've got to have, like, a really – because third base is, I think, a pretty like good position. So, right? I mean, yeah. at the, so I, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't think even in like a fifteen-team league, you you like really have him unless he's like you really punted on the position, and so you needed like a corner infielder. But even then, like first base. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. Age comes for us all, Mr. Correa. Don't forget that. <laughs> all right, so uh, speaking of aging, age coming for us all, uh, let's get a little bit darker here. Um, Buster Posey, over under, number of seasons left playing a majority of his time at catcher, one and a half. I'm going to say over, I think. It'll be like that third year where they finally move to Bart. But my only reason for this is that Zaidi has this thing with Bart that he has to like play some first base. And so I think he'll end up like playing in the minors a little more than he should. It, that that's really it. But yeah, I mean it should really like be this I mean his framing numbers are good, but it's the catching had like for the past decade like he's played like 150 games has really like taken a a lot out of him he had like a 368 slugging this year it's that's just terrible yeah what happened like this was a pretty stark fall off i know in 2018 he didn't really have the power but at least he still had the average and the obp even the slugging to a point what happened in 2019 when he hit 257, 320, 368? 
I, I mean, just as a comparison, I feel like it's kind of similar to Joe Maurer. Like, the Twins ended up moving him to first base to try and preserve his career. But, like, at that point, like, the wear and tear of catching had kind of just, like, taken him out of it. But, I mean, just from a pure numbers thing, if again, with the four-seamer, you know, generally, even when Posey, like, even, like, last year, I don't think he was very good offensively. But his in his career, his... Um, ex-Woba against four-seamers was kind of hovering close to 400, and this past season it was like 327. So it's just like a stark drop-off. I I have no idea what really caused it, but um, yeah, his, his line drive rate dropped to like 23%, was generally near 30. It just seems like the bottom just like fell out of him. It's Kind of unexplainable. All right. So obviously I'm I'm depressed. I don't know how you feel, but this is – I feel sad inside. Um, Yeah. Is there anybody outside of Yastrzemski that's even worth consideration in in 15 teams or shallower? So I feel like with Austin Slater, he had like a 49% – uh, hard hit rate. Um, he uh, he had like a 97 mile an hour average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives, which was um, 22nd highest among uh, hitters with at least 50 batted balls. The one thing that like really held him back was the 3.2 degree average launch angle and the 54% ground ball rate. Surprisingly, the year before, on the sh- kind of short amount of time he was there, it was like north of sixty. So he he cut that down by kind of ten percent. Um, he had a chase rate at twenty three percent. So his walk rate of you know kind of eleven and a half. You know it seems you know doable, sustainable. You know what's um, not doable or sustainable, and what might make him bad. That thirty percent K rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. thirty thirty point seven percent K rate. Yeah, it, it that's terrible. I, I I'm just like grasping at straws here because really, there's no one on the team that can actually hit the ball hard besides Slater and like Yastrzemski. And so, one thing I did find was um, between like 127 games at AAA and the majors in 2018. He stole 15 bases. So if you like, if he's able to like decrease his ground ball rate and hit, you know, more balls in the air somehow, I feel like he could actually be like a solid sort of player and outfielder. I feel like you know, like 20, 25 home runs, maybe some steals, and given that ballpark, maybe like you know. Closer to yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of a stretch. A little like, bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate like, I appreciate the optimism. I'll take that. Yeah, I I mean he was easily the most interesting guy. Like, really, I mean, like Yastrzemski, you kind of just knew it, but Slater, like, I didn't expect anything. Right? You see the thirty percent strikeout rate, and you're like, well, why the hell is he even there? And then you just like. I just kept going through it and I was like, okay, maybe there's something here, but 
Yeah, I'm hoping that, I, I mean, if I'm going to call a dark horse candidate out to be 15-team or shallower um, representative, and, and I'm going to kind of make a, a bold prediction here, I think Zach Cozart's the guy, right? 2017, he was very good. He's kept that K-rate low despite two injury-marred seasons. So I wouldn't read too much into what happened in 2018 and 2019. If he's healthy and he can get, you know, 350 at bats, there's, you know, some pop in there and it's not going to kill you. He's going to hit somewhere between 250 and 265 and he can, I think he can do it. The one concern I have, so like there's, there's that like breakout, like 2017 year. That's the only one. Yeah. It, he had like a 392 Woba, but under that was a 336 X Woba. So it there's I just that with the playing time, I'm not sold. But maybe yeah. if, if you're in some sort of like points league where like the low like you know like the one to one ratio between like your walks and strikeouts, if if that's if that matters, like I know I play in one but so that matters but outside of that i mean i really don't know yeah okay so so uh now that we've uh, made things incredibly sad um let's talk about some prospects yeah yep okay great um there's uh a little it's a little more positive on that side of things but not a ton there are some interesting names in there um the ones that obviously headline most prospect lists are Marco Luciano, Heli, uh, is it Helio Ramos? I think it's Helio Ramos. I think it's, yeah, Helio Ramos. Was Helio, Helio Ramos, yeah. Hunter Bishop, and Alexander Canario, uh, as well as Joey Bart, who we touched on briefly earlier. Um, of those names, which one excites you the most? To I mean, Marco Luciano, I saw this uh... – Fangraphs video and they were showing him hit off a tee. It was just it was kind of a no stride swing. The way he got his hands to the ball he was just hitting rockets everywhere with little legs at all. It's this like really athletic you know wide framed um, he, he was just crunching it everywhere and the more I've seen of him just through video he's just I mean he's a really to me he's like a He's a special hitter. Um, I I think in rookie ball, he walked 15% of the time, struck out 22% of the time. That's pretty good. So if he's showing that patience at 18 years old and with, like, that bat he has, I mean, it, I feel like he could end up going through the system kind of quickly just given his bat and athleticism. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, he's projectable right now, right? And that's going to be the kind of the common theme among all the Giants players is that they are super young and they're very projectable. So he still has a bit of a wiry frame at 18. He he needs to build out a little bit more to gain that like 60 – or I'm sorry, that 70 game power, that 70 raw power. He has it. The 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 compact swing like you talked about is, is there. And he definitely is quick twitch. He has like quick hands on the bat. I just, I'm interested to see one, when he gets towards advanced pitching, will the K rate continue to stay low and will the walk rate continue to 
stay high, right? Almost at that one-to-one ratio. And two, um, like, is he actually going to grow into his frame a little bit more? He, I don't see him moving super quick. I think that the Giants are kind of playing the long game here. Um, maybe he comes up in 2022, um, but you have a couple years, right? I mean, even then yeah, he's yeah. still 20. Yeah, I was thinking like two, maybe three years, something like that at the quickest. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a top 100 prospect without a doubt. It and because the, I mean, he just looks the part. Um, but I, I think that you could see, and he might be in the top half of that top 100 list that come out, comes out. Um, but I could see him backslide pretty easily if he kind of hits that, you know, age 19, 20 season. And he's swinging for the fences. His walk rate plummets and his K rate skyrockets. Um, so, especially as he gets towards advanced pitching with with more polished breaking balls that uh, and off speed right. pitches that he'll have to you know keep balance on. So, yeah, I mean, I just from like the video I seen, I really like the balance uh, as long as well with the you know the way he used his hands. So maybe that helps him with the breaking balls. But yeah, you're you're right. I. I mean, I don't think we'll actually know till he reaches, you know, maybe double A, kind of yeah. triple A. Right? Which he could do this year. Like if he performs at single A, high A this year, I, I think they'll probably end up, he'll start off at single A um, and he might end in double A. So it'll be an interesting end of the year to speculate on. And then the not this year, but the year after will really be like when I should be on him and seeing how he's been developing. So... Yeah. Any other name that you really want to touch on outside outside of Luciano? Um, I'll talk about the guy that was born in Palo Alto, uh, Hunter Bishop. Um, I are really, you guys friends? Did you guys go to the same high school? No, I think he went to a different. You know, I think he went to like uh, Junipero Serra, which is like where um, uh, Tom Brady went. I think that's where Brady went. I gotta look this up now. But um, what um, I like about uh, Bishop, he's got like, in terms of like an approach, the the swing he loads kind of similar to Christian Yelich, sort of like really loading his backside, like on that inside part of the back knee, in his case that left knee. Um, what he's like with that really athletic sort of like six foot five frame, he's able to generate a ton of power. Um, the one thing that like I've read is that he's been uh, not that great against breaking balls and stuff. And so through a couple of his swings, I saw his kind of torso, he, he stays compact. And then just as he's starting to swing, it starts to like elongate and go back up. And so I feel like it would make it difficult to like hit pitches if they're right the last like four or five feet, right? Where the ball's moving, the plane changes. So, you know, elongating your torso, it, you're changing the plane of your swing. You don't really have control. And so you can't adjust. I, I mean, that, that's one thing I, I noticed, but. You know, hopefully, like, he just stays kind of lower because, you know, as tall as he is, and I think he's, t- like, really athletic. He's made some great catches in center. 
maybe he stays there. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's six five. He's a big boy. Um, yeah. With with him being where he he is a, an athletic freak, uh, he was going to be a two way player, uh, both football and baseball, and ended up just sticking to baseball. So I'm wondering if it just took him some time to develop his craft, so to speak, because he was a late breakout in college, and. Yeah. And I think that that's part of like him just kind of getting into a routine and understanding that this is what I'm doing now. Um, and, you know, it, just because of that, he's always kind of been on the back end of development or the developmental curve as far as like age to where he should be. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, I'd- yeah, I mean, the, the again, he's a he's a guy with like 60 plus raw power. Um and he could, and he's got great fielding abilities. It's just the question of will he kind of take that next step? And I don't know where he ended up last year um, coming out. Do you remember? Did they say? I think he might have been in single A. Yeah, they they said low A. Okay, so yeah, low A. And he, I mean, that's really not where he needs to be at twenty one. So we'll, I'm I'm interested to see what he can do this year. Um, and and he's kind of another one where again the raw power is tantalizing and dynamic, but we got to kind of see him with more advanced pitching before we really make a decision on him. Um, and unlike Luciano, again he's 21, I'm going to be in his yeah. age 22 season. He's going to need to kind of progress a little more. There there needs to be a little more pressure on him than there would be with the 18 year old Luciano. Yeah, no, I I think if he's you know the struggling with the breaking balls at like low A. That's really concerning because it's not even as good as the ones that he'll face when he advances through the system. So. Right. All right. So, so uh, okay, I'm going to give you one more name. Okay, you tell okay. me which one do you want to talk about: Helio Ramos or Alexander Canaria? Um. Um. Yeah. I mean, with I'll I'll talk about Ramos. Um. So he's got like, I want to say like a Cespedes type build. He's just like this massive dude. But um, the one thing I read through Fangraphs is like his speed is kind of decreased. And so that's something I'd be really concerned about because he might end up moving to like a corner uh, outfield spot than like center. Um, In terms of swing... He's kind of a little haywire. He like he, he maxes out and so he ends up like falling over. It's helped him like kind of hit balls to right field because as he's kind of dropping, his bat path kind of naturally goes a little bit that way so he can like hit some balls out there. But he struck out like 31.1% of the time at double A. So it you know there's definitely a lot of things to work on and just making contact, really. Yeah, and he struggled not last year but the year prior, and he needed to kind of turn it around, and last year he did a really good job of that. I mean, when you could post a 1,000-plus OPS um, over the course of like the early part of, of last year – um, I think that that's when people were like, okay, he's got it. Like, he can do this. And – I'm trying to just pull up his uh, fan page real quick. Um, sorry, just give me a second. I wanted to look at his K rate, but the, yeah, that was it. That's exactly what it was. So, but the one thing, like you, I think, and you had alluded to this, is that 
you know, a 31% K rate at double A, he's, it's steadily climbing and, um, he's probably going to get another run, um, this year at double A, at least to start with. And he's going to have to cut that K rate and show that he has developed a better eye before people really buy in because, um, you know, being at high A and having, you know, 330 plate appearances, Hitting 306, 385, 500 is very nice and, and well, but again, that's kind of like what we were talking about with Hunter Bishop. Like if he does that next year at high A, everybody's excited. And then if he gets a double A and he struggles like uh, Ramos did, then um, then you got to kind of take it with a little bit of hesitation. Um, but the, again, raw power is there. He's he he is a tantalizing athlete, and everybody should still be excited about him uh because he's only 20 at this point so i'm in i'm still in on him and he yeah, has I, and he, he's stolen bases at an efficient clip as well hasn't he um no so actually I, he has not i lied yeah no this past year i think combined it was eight so yeah it's kind of been 10 eight and eight the past three years yeah yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see how he develops, and he'll restart at Double A, and um, hopefully with Bart, and then continue on his way. So, just really quick, uh, a quick note about Joey Bart. Um, I get that everybody loves the new flashy toy, um, and that Adlai Reichman is somebody that everybody should be excited about. But I still feel like Joey Bart's the truth as far as catching prospects go, and I do not like catching prospects. Um, and something that I've railed against time and time again as far as dynasty players not uh, buying in on catching prospects because they just take so long to develop and they're more defensive first focused coming through the system and trying to learn pitchers along the way and honing their craft there that they never really develop that offensive tool. When So when they start facing that advanced pitching in NMLB, they look like a deer in headlights. But Joey Bart just seems like the kind of dude that knows how to take a professional approach and a professional at bat and... Uh, he's easily, in my opinion, um, a top five dynasty catcher at the moment, and he's probably my favorite dynasty catching prospect at the moment. I don't know if you feel any differently. Yeah, no, I, I've, I was able to see, you know, just some highlights of his um, kind of a couple home runs in the Arizona Fall League, and just like blasted some balls. And he, he had like a uh, what. 1290 OPS. Unfortunately, um, he got like he had a hand injury, but I mean, hitting wise, he he looks phenomenal. Yeah, totally agree. So the only other uh, thing I want to just touch on really quick, and and we'll add on a sad end on a sad note is uh, I used to love Chris Shaw, and I love slappy first base prospects. He is he was a slappy first base prospect. He came up last year and uh, debuted. And he was not great. So sorry to everybody who likes Chris Shaw, like me. It's sad. Um, yeah. Do you think he gets ends up getting another shot anytime soon? I mean, he's always seemed to like strike out a lot in the minors, and I mean the the power is there. But I just, I mean, they've got Brandon Belt. They've got a ton of infielders and. I mean, with the outfielders, I feel like they should focus on, like, the faster guys to try and, 
you know, defensively like save runs because there's really no one with the like game changing bat in the outfield right now amongst their like kind of major league ready sort of like players that is really going to like make them a whole lot better. You'd much rather, I think, from their perspective, um, try and save runs rather than, you know, but I think basically a bat first guy out there. Yeah. All right, man. Well, all right. So this is it for the Giants. Um, you're going to come back on soon um, when I when I have my stuff together uh, and talk about the Red Sox. Uh, yeah. Where outside of you know Facebook, where can anybody find you anywhere? Um, being like LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. Okay. So everybody with LinkedIn. Uh, this is wild to me. Like I feel like you're a boomer. Like yeah, this 22 year old writer out here saying, Hey, find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. So this yeah, is no, fantastic. I, I was getting hyped before the broadcast with like Jimi Hendrix and stuff. So like, I'm, I'm really, you know, <laughs> yeah. Hey yeah, man, that's really old. cool. Like, did you yeah. sign up for your AARP card yet? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I missed my meeting today. So I, I got, you know, how many, how go. many, uh, how many things of Metamucil did you drink before you came on? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All I right. Mean, so, yeah. so, uh, um, you can find me at the Statcast era. You can find both of us on the Discord channel. And if you are a supporter via Patreon for Picture List, uh, you can get on. And I don't know. What do you think? How, how do you feel about the Discord channel? The the discord is like really great i mean you you learn so many things like you know every time there's like a new update like on twitter that's why i, I don't really need twitter because like the baseball like stuff is just on the discord so it's it's perfect yeah i i don't have yeah it's there and you know there's really great analysis not just i mean from the writers but you know there's a good dialogue between you know them and the supporters and so you know Definitely go out there and uh, get a part of it. Yeah, you can find me arguing about Luis Robert on there. <laughs> so, come on, come get, come get some. All right, all right. Anything else that you wanna? Uh, what are you gonna be working on coming up here outside of you know your Red Sox release? Um, so I've been kind of dabbling with this like Rick Porcello piece. It's been somewhat difficult. I'm, kind of talking release points and active spin and stuff and um there's also um one of the bullpen profile uh pieces i'm doing the twins so get on the taylor rogers hype yeah taylor rogers and uh and i'm trying to think of uh, may is may still there yeah trevor may trevor may my guy all right well hey man thanks a lot for coming on i really appreciate it Thanks for having me. And and thank you for being so patient and coming through. Of course. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. See you. Right foot, forward by your left foot 
guide you home before your curfew and into your bed. Standing on our tiptoes, peering through open windows, I swear I heard my name. With the lights off Waiting for my brain to storm Trying to work things out It's thunder and it's lightning And it's all things too frightening I could barely see outside 